Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. I'm glad you're here. Um, I mean, that's good that what what we've just declared, and there's so much more. And so we're going to talk about the goodness of God by talking about giving. (laughs) Yeah, you're excited about that, aren't you? If you're a guest with us, you just rolled your eyes and went, here we go. Every time I go to church, some preacher got to talk about giving. This is not a message about money. This has... In fact, very little to do with money. And it has everything to do with your heart. Giving is not a dirty church word. Amen? It's just not. Giving is a great privilege we have to declare the goodness of God by just giving back what he has already given to us. Hosea 6.6 says it this way. It's your steadfast love that I want, not your sacrifices. I want you to know me, not bring me burnt offerings. You know why? Because you can't sacrifice and you can't burn enough to make God's heart happy. But you know what you can do? You can give him back what is already his. That's what giving is about. Giving is a declaration of our love Giving is the story of our life and our love. It is the story of our life. It declares for others and for God to see what you value the very most. Is it what you have? It's all going to be taken away. Promise you. If you have declared what you have, your house, your bank account, your children, your marriage, if you declare that as your own, God will take it away from you. Why? Because he wants to be the only thing that matters to you. That's not scary bad news. That's good news because our lives have been redeemed by the Son of God straight from the throne room of heaven on the cross into the grave, delivered up out of that grave and ascended back to his rightful place next to his Father in heaven to do what? To make a place for you and me for eternity, forever. That is the gospel. It's not what you bring to the table. It's what he brought to the table. Come on. This is what giving is about. Very little to do with money. And I'm going to show you that in Scripture. We're going to be in Romans 12 this morning. And as you turn over there, we'll be in verses 4 through 8. As you turn over there, let me kind of set it up this way. Possibly the hardest part about giving or giving God your life is surrender. Surrender is hard. 
Giving back to God what is rightfully his is hard. Watch this. When we get over our need to be exalted, when we get over our need to be respected, when we get over what we believe we are owed in this life, this is all the American way. Are you with me? When we get over all of that, we begin to see God's way is that nothing you have belongs to you. You have been bought with a price by the blood of Jesus Christ so that everything you have belongs to him. When we get there, then we begin to experience the full and insurmountable, unnameable, uncountable blessing of God in our lives. This is what giving is about. Very little to do with money. And watch this. So the tithe, if we ever talk about tithing, or if you ever hear or read about tithing, know this. The tithe is an Old Testament principle. I'm not saying it's irrelevant or it's wrong. What I am saying is it's a starting place. God does not want 10% of your life. God wants everything you have. (laughs) The tithe is a starting place. So if you tithe 10% of what you earn, well done. He wants more. And it's not just more money. He wants your whole heart. He wants everything you are and everything you have. Why? Because he gave everything he had and everything he was for us. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Can I get an amen on that? You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to like me. You don't have to want to hear what I'm saying. But I know this. This is straight from God's mouth to your ears, to my ears, that he wants more. And so as we talk through the core values of the river, and we've, we've hit some big ones, worship and prayer and faith. This morning, as we talk about giving, it's a core value because we are going to be a church of givers, not takers. <laughs> You are not welcome into this place just to receive and then leave and keep it all to yourself. Me neither. I don't get paid by the church because I'm good at what I do. God has chosen me to shepherd the local church, his flock, and as a result, he has blessed Ashley and me with a way to live. He did it. Everything we have is his. And he's given you so much and he wants it all. And he just wants you to believe it and get excited about that. Romans 12 verses four through eight. Let's do uh, verse four and five to begin. Romans 12, four through five. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we are a part of a body and I do not claim to understand 
the function or the need for a gallbladder. I don't understand the science. I don't know, right? The little dangly thing in the back of your throat, the uvula. I don't know what real purpose that serves, but it's a part of the body. I do not understand back hair. Like what, what is that keeping? I don't understand. But it's a part of the body. Amen. And some of you are blessed by God with a lot of back hair. <laughs> and I don't know what you bring to the table, but keep your sweater out of the pool. All right. So when we when we start thinking, when we start thinking about what it is we have to offer. Sometimes we look at our own lives and we think, I don't bring enough to the table. I'm not worthy of this or that. Some of us look at other people and we think, I want what they have. I want to be able to do what they do. And you've totally missed it. You, as a child of God, bought by the blood of Jesus, are a significant meaningful, critical, essential part of the body of Christ, of the body of the church that declares God's goodness in the world. You matter. He goes on to say, we don't all have the same function. We all do a different thing. We'll get into that in a second. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We, though many, are part of one body. Watch this. We're a part of something bigger than ourselves. This is not about what you bring to the table. Never has been. It's about you recognizing your place, your worth, your value in the kingdom of God and not holding back some little or big part because you think you bring more to the table or because you think you bring less to the table. You are part of something bigger than yourselves. What a gift. What a gift. Look, we're all born into a tribe. We all just get born into a tribe. And every one of our tribes look a little bit different. Maybe you were born into this beautiful nuclear family where everybody loves Jesus and you go to church and you got a big family, lots of brothers and sisters and cousins. And when you get together for Thanksgiving, right, everybody gets on everybody's nerves and it's loud and it's a lot of fun and grandpa falls asleep at the table, right? So whatever your tribe looks like, you're born into a tribe. Maybe you were born with nothing and there was no family. Maybe you became a system baby. Maybe you were a foster child. Maybe you were adopted and didn't know. Maybe you've never met your real family, but you are part of a tribe. Every one of us are born into a group of people, a group whether they care about us or care for us or not, you were put in a tribe. The river is more than just an organization. This is not just a healthy, good, nice, beautiful place with new floors in the Welcome Center, getting better all the time. It's more than just a nonprofit charitable organization. 
We are the body of Christ, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus, declared holy and righteous and good by the very mouth and the breath of God. You were created like no one else. We will be a church that gives, not takes. We are a part of something bigger than ourselves. You were made by God for God. You see that? You were made by God for God. You were created for one purpose and one purpose alone. And that was declared the majesty and the glory of the King of Kings. That's why you breathe and live. That's why we're here. You are a part of something bigger than yourselves. You belong to the body of Christ only in Jesus. If you have not seen his, tasted his goodness and declared your life as his and given your heart to him and chosen to follow him, you're missing on the greatest blessing this life has to offer. And that is life in the body as a part of the fellowship of Christ. Give your life to Jesus today. That's the invitation. We could be through right there. You were made by God for God. Not only that, you were made uniquely by God. <laughs> he made you different than everybody else. I'm not talking about your DNA, although that's unique. I'm talking about the spiritual thumbprint of God on your life. He made you to do something that nobody else can do. He made you to do things for the body of Christ that I can't do. He made you to do things for his glory that the person sitting next to you can't do. You were made uniquely by God for a singular purpose. Declare his worth, his value, your love for him with your life and let him take care of all the things that need to be taken care of. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. What does that mean? It means seek knowledge of God. Seek steadfast love of God. He'll take care of the sacrifices and the burnt offerings. You with me? You do the possible. He does the impossible. You do what you're capable of doing and let God do things that only he is capable of doing right? So when we sing our songs, we pray our prayers, we're not breath, mouth, lung, offering up this thing that God goes, oh, that's good. You know what he does? He hears your song and your prayers and he receives that and he says, I am good. And because you have begun to see it, I'm going to declare my goodness over you. You are uniquely made. It doesn't mean we can stop what he's doing. If you fail to do your part in the world, God's will keeps going. God's plan never stops. It just means you're going to miss it. You're designed to do things for God that Brandon can't do, that Ashley can't do, that Bradley can't do, but God 
can and will accomplish his purpose. Do you get it? Do you want to be a part of it? That's the question. Then give back to God what is already his. You with me? Giving is a privilege. It's also a responsibility. But this is a great privilege we have. You were created by God with a very specific function. In fact, Ephesians 2.10 says, you are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, Brent, that God prepared long in advance for you. Is that good? He created you to accomplish something you couldn't have accomplished on your own. You're uniquely made by God. Let's look at verse 6. We'll go 6 through 8, but we'll just do a verse at a time because I want us to see what that looks like for us. Romans 12, 6. We're part of the body. We have a calling on our lives. We want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. We'll come back to prophecy in just a second. We'll leave that up there. 1 Peter 4.10 says it this way. Each one of you has been given gifts to faithfully serve others, to serve God, showing grace in its various forms. Whatever gifts or giftedness God has given to you to use, it is for the purpose of declaring the grace of God. It's helping other people take one step closer to Jesus. We have gifts, giftedness. These are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Adam, I need you to help me remember. Mike, Spencer, Jared, I need you to help me remember. We need to do a series just on the spiritual gifts. We need to offer a thing on Wednesday night, I don't know, where we walk through spiritual gifts, where you can learn, experience, and grow in your spiritual giftedness. Are you down with that? We need that. Why? We need to know how we do our part. What do we do? What is my contribution to this thing? It's to bring grace, to show the glory of God, and we need to understand how we do our part. So here are some. Last part of verse 6. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, what is prophecy? And we talk about it. We talk about prophetic gifts. We talk about the encounter with God. Here's what prophecy is. Prophecy is clear communication with divine authority. Prophecy means you are speaking with the authority of heaven into a person's life, the grace and the love and the devotion and the satisfaction and the mercy of God himself. Prophecy is not to be taken lightly. We don't throw together a weekend or an event and we say, this is a prophetic thing. How do I know that? Because prophecy happens to you when you least expect it. 
the heart of God, the voice of God, the miracles of God, the work of God has happened for all of humanity in moments when people were at their very lowest and very desperate and they didn't know it was coming and they wanted to hear from him, but they weren't expecting it. And then he shows up and he says, here's what I want for you. Thus saith the Lord. This is the way God works in our lives. There's nothing wrong with prophetic weekends. Do not hear me incorrectly. I think it's beautiful that we seek the heart of God whenever we can. What I'm challenging and encouraging you and me is that we seek the heart of God and we run after that every single day of our lives. And we put ourselves in the presence of others who hear from the heart of God. Why? Because they've been in the presence of God. And then we listen when they speak because we believe it is God speaking through them into us. That's prophecy. My wife has the gift of prophecy. And you know why? I know it matters when she speaks out of grace and mercy, not when she's yelling. I don't really listen to that. That's not true. I listen. Because I fall asleep virtually every night in our bed while my wife is laying next to me reading God's word. So I know she hears from the Lord. And when she speaks on behalf of him, I'll listen. And you know other people in your lives that do that sort of thing. And when they speak, you better listen because God is flowing through them to you. That's prophecy. You want to hear from God? Listen. <laughs> listen. God's word is a double-edged sword. It penetrates the dividing spirit. Listen. Your listening is giving to God. Not money. Attention. Giving. You with me? Look at verse 7. If service in our serving. You know, you know who has the gift of service? Dustin Copenhaver. God has uniquely gifted that man with the ability to do all kinds of things. And his beautiful reward and his trophy and his glory is not being a jack of all trades. It's that when somebody has a need, he runs to them. He just does it. And he asks for nothing in return. <laughs> I mean, unless he's getting paid to do a job, then, you know, I mean, these guys got to make money. But when he serves you, you know it. Amen. In your service, in, in, if serving, then do it in your serving. The one who teaches in his teaching. Spencer McElhannon has a gift of teaching. You know how I know? Because he absorbs God's word. He spends time there understanding not just what it says, but the context of it, to know the heart of God behind it. What is the history? What is God declaring for those people that he also wants to declare for us? Teaching is no small thing. In fact, James 3.1 says, 
Do not presume to be a teacher. Just because you think you have something to say does not make you a teacher. In fact, James 3 goes on to say, and if you do believe yourself to be a teacher, know that you are going to be judged more strictly. So you better be careful with what you say, amen? But if you have the gift of teaching, use that to move people closer to God. Look at verse verse 8. The one who exhorts in his exhortation. You know what exhortation is, right? It's encouragement. I'm not talking about rah-rah, cheerleader, Right, this is, I'm not talking about Tony the Tiger. You're great. You might not be great. I'm not even talking about Tony Robbins. You know who I'm talking about? Some of you do. If you think it, you can dream it. And if you schedule it, It will be real. Boulder Dash. Baloney. You know why? Because sometimes the thoughts we have are not of God. They're of ourselves. And we don't just get what we want. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the eyes of the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's not what you want. The desires of your heart, when you seek the Lord, become his desires for you. You can't help it. Why? Because your steadfast love is better than sacrifice. (laughs) Because your knowledge of him is better than burnt offerings. So exhortation is encouragement through God's word. Hebrews 10, spur one another on to love and good deeds. Is that good? The one who contributes in generosity. There it is. Six little words. Out of the 92 or three words in verses four through eight, six of them are dedicated to giving financially. Six, it's a part of the conversation. It's not the conversation. But the gift of giving is not just for anybody. It's God has blessed and gifted certain people to be able to earn and make money and be healthy and be wealthy and give generously. You with me? It's important. That's a different kind of giving than just bringing to the storehouse what God has given you. The gift of giving is people who have the ability to generate and find and resource and then make things happen for the glory of God. And when you contribute, do it generously. If God has given you the ability to make money, you're entrepreneurial and you have been successful and you have experienced some wealth, you better give it away and honor God or you're going to miss the blessing of God. Stop holding on to what you think is yours because it is not. And when you are not prepared, it will all be stripped away. He gave that to you so that you could give back to him.
and back to others. All right. The one who leads with zeal. You have the gift of leadership. Look, you don't have to be an extrovert to be a leader. You have to have urgency. (laughs) There has to be a passion. Managing people or managing things is not the same as being a leader. If God's put you in a position of leadership in other people's lives, you better lead them with the passion and the urgency for God to help them see their purpose, experience their calling, and let them use their gifts to please the heart of God. We're not all leaders and we're not all followers. But if you lead, lead with zeal to the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I love, I love the person with the gift of mercy, don't you? I am not that person. I'm just not. Mercy is not empathy. It's not just seeing the hurt in somebody else's lives and crawling into a space and being there with them and try to understand their pain. That's not mercy. You know what that is? That's love. We're all called to that. Mercy is a gifting that God puts on somebody else's life to be able to step into someone's life who is hurting and to be able to say, the purpose of this is for you to take that and give it back to God to surrender so that he can show you his goodness even in your hurt. Consider it joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kind because the testing of your faith and produces endurance. You with me? The person with the gift of mercy will step into your life and say, I'm not going to let you go alone, but I'm also not going to let you complain about it. That's a gift of mercy. There's so much more to all these. We could spend weeks on each one of these things, but you need to hear this this morning. You were made to do good. That's what giving is. You were made to do good. So let's be a church of givers, not takers. Let's be the church of Jesus Christ that gives what God has given us, that gives what God has done for us and not takes for ourselves, for our own purposes. Let's not be consumers. Let's be a church of givers, not takers. I love all that God has done for us, for you. But I believe with all my heart this morning that you are white-knuckling something in your life, gripping it with all your might because you're afraid of what it's going to cost you to let go. I don't know what that thing is for you. For some of you, it is, in fact, your finances. Hanging on to what is yours because of what it might cost you to give it to God.
For some of you, it's your marriage. You are hanging on with every last bit of hope or fighting that you may have, but you have not surrendered that to God. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's the health of someone you love. You're hanging on with all you have and God's saying, if you will let go, if you will give it to me, I'm going to do something for you that you would not imagine, even if I told you. Some of you this morning need to come and visit with one of our prayer warriors and say, I just need to surrender this thing. I need to turn this over to God. Let them pray over you and let God take it away. Let's be a church of givers, not takers. We need to give back to God just as freely as he gave it to us in the first place. Let's be a church of givers, not takers. When you give back your time, your talent, your treasure for the glory of God, you will become a giver and not a taker. If you do not give to others, you cannot give to God. No matter how much you want to enjoy Him and please Him and be with Him and sit with Him and know Him, you cannot do any of that with God until you are first doing it for others. Whatever you have done to the least of these, you have done to me. Jesus said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. When you do that, then we experience the full blessing of God. Amen. That's what this looks like. Let's be a church of givers, not takers. God help us. God help us to walk in surrender not because it's hard, but because it's good. God, use us, use the river to accomplish what you want in the world. Make us givers with our time, our talent, and our treasures. We give it to you. It was already yours. We surrender that to you. Help us walk in that freedom. God, bring a breakthrough in our lives. Do something through us, in us, for us that we cannot do for ourselves. God, break through the white knuckles, break through the walls we built. Help us to walk in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.